Go ahead and grab your Bible, turn 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. 1 Corinthians chapter number 4 and just remain seated. I don't want you to do that much calisthenics. We're only going to read one verse tonight. And so I know it is our custom to stand, primary to stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. But I'm going to let you remain seated tonight as we read this one verse. Get right on into the message uh, that I believe the Lord has for us tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. I tell you, I love those old hymns. Yeah, I, there's not a praise team alive that can beat some, singing something like that. I promise you. I, it, it does something to my soul. I mean, it stirs me up. And I'm thankful, very thankful for those old hymns. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I still hear a few pages turning. That's okay. I want to wait. We'll all get together. Be on, in sync on this thing. Good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? I just love being with God's people. I'm telling you, this spirit, you might as well get happy with it. You know, when you go to heaven, who's going to be there, don't you? I mean, you might as well get used to it now. <laughs> being around all these Christian people, good grief, man, alive, it's hard. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 4. Look down to verse number 7. We're going to read this one verse. 1 Corinthians 4, verse number 7. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? I'm going to read that again for emphasis, just so we can wrap our mind around it. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst not receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? I titled the message tonight, The Way Up Is Down. And a more succinct, well, not succinct, a succinct, a more clear title to that would be, I guess, this I need help with pride. So we're going we're gonna to preach on that just a little while if the Lord will let us do that. Let's pray. We'll get started. Father, it is a great blessing to be here tonight. I'm so thankful for the good spirit that's in this place tonight. I'm thankful for everyone that's here and for everyone that's watching by live stream. And, and I pray for those that are sick and ill, uh, Lord, those that are down. I think of Brother Ron Kaufman, uh, he and Miss Lee at home. We continue to pray for his healing and for the strength that Miss Lee needs to take care of him and others, Lord, that we know that are sick and down. And I, I just pray for them, Lord, uh, that you'd bless and you'd help and you'd capture their attention tonight throughout this message. And for us that are sitting here under this, this roof in this sanctuary, I pray that's exactly what it would be, a sanctuary where you would meet with us. And Lord, that uh, you'd deal with us. That we'd be very open to however you might want to speak to our heart. And then we would be very ready to respond at the proper time to do with, uh, with that which you speak to us about whatever you'd have us to do. We know that this is a big problem in mankind. And so, Father, we, take, we pray you'd take your word and you would work. We pray for power to preach and thank you for it in Jesus' name. 
Amen and amen. Let me read you a couple of, a few quotes actually that I have here. Someone said, when pride gets in the way, who you think you are doesn't allow you to be who you need to be. Well, I thought that was a great quote, truly. Excuse me. Another, someone else said, a humble sinner is better than a proud saint. Well, I really like that one too. That's a, that's a, that's a powerful quote. You ponder on that one for a while. That's a good one. Here's another one. Pride gets no pleasure out of having something, only I, let me start that over. Pride gets no pleasure out of having something, only out of having more of it than the next person. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Yep. Someone well said, pride is the problem, humility is the answer. And then this one, taking pride in your humility is self-deception. Taking pride in your humility is self-deception. You know, if we're not careful, we become, self, uh, we become self-important uh, until we think we're indispensable. Uh, a deflated ego is healthy because it helps us to maintain a proper perspective of our accomplishments. Uh, pride is an attitude that causes us to credit ourselves for our accomplishments and then to blame others for our failures. On the other hand, humility is an attitude that views both our accomplishments and our failures from God's perspective. 1 Corinthians 4, 7, where we read there, I'm going to read it again with some emphasis. It says, for who maketh thee to differ from another, or why are you better? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Or where did you get what you have? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? As if you had supplied it yourself. I want to do some self-inspection tonight. You want to? Come on, if we're ever going to stay where God wants us to be as believers in Christ... As Christians, if we're going to, ever going to stay where we need to be, then we have to do some self-inspection on a pretty regular basis, don't we? Somebody say amen. I, I, I'm telling you, it's important that we are willing to open up and allow God, allow God to reveal anything in our life that would hinder us from being everything that He wants us to be. Because it's all about Him. It's all about Him, or should be all about Him. So let's think about pride versus humility. Listen to some of the Bible's many, many scriptures that condemn a prideful attitude. Proverbs 16.5 says, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand joined in hand, he shall not be unpunished. So once we realize that we're just sinners saved by grace, why would, you, why would we be proud in heart? Come on, we're just sinners saved by grace. Another, Proverbs 16.18, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pro- Proverbs 21.4. And high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. James chapter 4 verse 6. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Now I want you to notice how God exalts humility. In Proverbs 11 verse 2. The Bible says, when pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. 
Proverbs 16, 19 says, Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. So what God is saying there, it'd be better to, you'd be better off to have nothing and be humble than to have a lot and be prideful. Isaiah 66, 2, For all those things hath mine hand made, and all those things have been, saith the Lord, but to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. I would say that that's a good place to be. Wouldn't you? To a point, no, 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 to a point that we humble ourselves, that we would tremble at God's word, realizing that He is God and we are not. Sure, absolutely. Matthew 23 12, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. The way up is down. 1 Peter 5, 5, likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, yea, all of you subject one to another, uh, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Why does God hate pride so much? I mean, why is pride at the very top of God's list of his seven deadly sins over there in Proverbs chapter number six. Well, think, think with me about this definition, this definition of pride. Pride, the attitude that credits ourselves with our successes and blames others for our failures. That's pretty weighty, isn't it? Truly. Because that attitude is the root cause of some different sins. One of them is ingratitude. Most people credit self rather than God for the good things that they have in this life. We somehow come to the conclusion that the things of value in our life are the result of our effort. Things like our appearance. Perhaps we pride ourselves in, in our appearance, but, but, and, but we give no thought to the fact that God formed us in our mother's womb. It, it is God who made us who we are. The Psalm 139 verse 13 says, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, uh, and that thy soul knoweth right well. <clears throat> The you on the inside, please get this, the you on the inside is more important than the you on the outside. I'm going to say that again, and I know that that's not the deep, deep thought, but it is a very good thought. The you on the inside is much more important than the you on the outside. Look, you can add powder and deodorant and hairspray and lipstick and shaving lotion, whatever, whatever, and none of that really changes you one bit. I said, none of that, how you doctor yourself up on the outside, none of that changes you one bit. Because when all of that wears off, you're still going to be the same person you were before you ever put it on. You're still the same person. And if you would work on the inside more than you work on the outside, the outside would probably even look much better. Somebody should have said amen right there. It's absolutely the truth. Beauty, I mean, pure, no, it comes from the inside. 
who, who the person, what a person really looks like. It comes from the inside. True. And the other thing is our ability. We too often take credit for the abilities that God has given us. And of course, we can polish those abilities. I understand that. We can practice and work and polish whatever gifts that God may have given us. But the gifts were given to us by God. And it's, it's really sad that many have just waste the gifts that God gives them. James warns us over in, in, in James 1.17, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So any ability that you have, it came from God. He gives us gifts along the way. Very thankful for all of that. Uh, another one is be our possessions. I've, I've had a lot of people say this along the way. Well, I worked hard all my life, and that's why I have what I have. Look, hard work is good and right. No, no, I, I'm of the, I am of the mindset, you don't work, you don't eat. No, I get it out of this book. That's what God said. You don't work, you don't eat. That's the right mindset to have. And hard work is good, and hard work is right. And I've tried to work hard a big part of my life. But God is in control of our financial destiny. Truly. No, no, he is. My wife and I, we've known some of the hardest working people and some of the most talented and intelligent people who barely scrape by financially. Truly. Because ultimately it all comes from God. To understand this principle, really we only need to read Job chapter 34, 19, where it says, How much less to him that accepteth not the persons of princes, nor regardeth the rich more than the poor, for they all are the work of his hands. They're all the work of his hands. All of us, all of us, all of us are the work of his hands. Come on, it's all about him. It's all about what he has done for us, to us, through us. It's all about him. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand that every gift is from God. Yet with so many, with so many today, pride blinds them to such an obvious truth. And that attitude's easy to understand because we live in a culture that uh, worships self-effort, don't we? Well, what do you mean, preacher? That performance-based acceptance. We live in that culture it's very, very real in our world today. Absolutely so. Just look around you. And that's why so many like, like applause after a song. And by the way, that's why we don't applaud after a song. Because it's not a performance. Come on, we're singing as unto the Lord. It's all about Him. We're trying to lift Him up. Tr truly. No, no, no. We're not, we're not, we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to inflate anybody's ego. We all have enough problem with that. That's the reason that those who compliment us become our best friends. <laughs> I mean, suppose somebody came up to, after that you gave a performance or whatever you may have done, and they told you, well, that's the worst. I've never seen anything any worse than that. I mean, would you invite them to lunch? <laughs> Probably not. No, don't say, well, I'm so, yeah, I know you're more spiritual than everybody, but <clears throat> I probably wouldn't anyway. Well, why, why do you don't, why, why do you think they, I wouldn't invite them to lunch? Because they hurt your ego. <clears throat> we really need to consider Paul's sobering question over in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Again, where we read, it's for who maketh thee to differ from another? Who do you think you are? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Receive from God. It all comes from the Lord. 
And if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? I mean, what good thing is there in any of our lives that's not a gift of God? We need to remember the words to the first verse. We sang it this morning, the first verse of, at the cross. I love it. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a good fellow as I? Oh, oh no, that's not what it says. For such a worm as I. That's what it says. A lot of people would rather say for such a good person as I. And a lot of people don't even like to sing that song because it says, you know, that phrase, for such a worm as I. In fact, in some of the hymn books, I looked through some, in some of the hymn books, they've changed that word worm to sinner. (laughs) Mercy, I don't know about you, but I'm telling you, the closer that I get to the Lord, the more of a worm I feel like. I'm glad I'm a child of the king. But everything I am is because of him. It's because of him. There's nothing good in me that wasn't because of him. It's all because of him. People are offended by that word worm, but we could be called much worse, couldn't we? Sure. But the attitude of pride also causes independence. What do you mean, preacher? Well, you know, God doesn't need our fellowship, yet he desires it. God desires our fellowship. That, that blows my mind. He desires our fellowship. We know He doesn't need it. Come on, He doesn't need it. He's completely self-sustaining. He's completely self-sufficient. It's not like God needs our fellowship to go on and be who He is. doesn't happen. And God wants to give us good things. We know that's true. He wants to be a blessing to us. Matthew seven eleven. If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask Him? But in ingratitude, ingratitude is a result of pride and it leads to independence. The end result is our thinking that we're responsible for the gifts and the good things of our life, which leads us to think that we don't need God. I'm doing fine without Him. Well, I preach, I hadn't read my Bible in months. I'm still going on. You know, my prayer life is, oh, I mean, probably less than even spotted. But, you know, I mean, I'm still going on. I'm still living in a good house and have a good car. And, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay. Come on, that's where the world is today. Somebody say amen. No, that's exactly where the world is today. It has separated itself from God with this attitude of who needs God. Man can take care of himself. Well, I don't need God. I don't need none of that religious stuff. I can take take care of myself. I'm educated. I have a good job. I have a good house. I have a good car. I have a good future ahead of me. I got a lot of money in the bank. I mean, (laughs) I can take care of myself. Let me say one word to that. Hogwash. Let me remind you of someone else that thought the same way. In Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 15, the Bible says, Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. Verse 17, Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings, the Lord said, that they, that they may behold thee. Lucifer forgot who he was. He began to think that he was the creator instead of the creature. 
We can see further the result of Lucifer's thinking in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13. It says, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Didn't work out well for him, did it? No, got booted out of heaven. In fact, we can see his final uh, destination in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever 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 and ever. I know it doesn't say it that many times. I just like it. I'm going to be, it's going to be a great day when he's finally off the scene completely. Amen. Independence is the belief that we're sufficient apart from God. And that is a deadly result of pride. That we can do just fine without God. Preacher, I don't have to read my Bible. I'm doing okay. No, you're not. Preacher, I don't have to be a, you know, a good grief. I mean, you just push things a little bit overboard. I mean, it's not like I'm just, you know, come on. I'm just fine. I'm just fine. Um, no, you're not. No, no, if you have that spirit and that attitude, I'm, I don't mind. I'll tell you again. No, you're not. You're not fine. Not at all. You're deceived. You're blinded. Something's wrong somewhere in your life if you have that spirit, that attitude. It also causes intolerance. Pride, it causes intolerance. You know, Jesus really didn't deal harshly with the adulterers. Listen to me, listen to me. He didn't deal harshly with the adulterers or the thieves or even murderers. But he responded harshly to the self-righteous Pharisees, didn't he? Those that, who were intolerant, those that, no, 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 I'm telling you, those, those people, okay, Matthew 22, 13, this is what he said to them, Jesus said to them, but woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye that, uh, them that are entering to go in. The Pharisees were down on anyone that did not do things exactly the way they wanted them done. If you weren't exactly like them, they were down on you about it. And such intolerance is a, is a direct result of pride. In fact, pride can become, pride, pride is so subtle that it can become, that, it, that, that we can become proud of our humility. Which is a very dangerous place to be. But it also can lead someone to, to the inability to accept God's grace. The inability to accept God's grace. We're saved by His grace. Somebody say amen there. We're saved by His grace. Other than unbelief, pride is the one main sin that keeps people out of heaven. Pride does. Jesus gave us His truth in the story about the rich young ruler. I'm going to read it to you very quickly here in Luke 18. It says, and a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, uh, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these have I kept from my youth up. Are you getting this? He was placing himself equal with God. No, he was saying that he had never sinned. And we know that's a lie. Absolutely. It goes on. Now, when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast, and distribute it unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. 
And when he, this young man, heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. He was too proud to humble himself and be a follower of Jesus Christ. Pride kept him from coming to the Lord. Kept him from doing what he sought the Lord for. The problem wasn't that he had a lot of money. The problem was that he did not want to leave his success or wealth. He had a very deep-rooted pride problem. He was satisfied with his own accomplishments and his own ability. Doing just fine. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Come on, I know that that's, I know that that's not in there in the writings. But as he walked away, come on, that had to be in his heart. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. I I'm do- I'm guess I'm doing fine just the way that I am. Pride brings a condition. Let's think about Saul over in the Old Testament. Saul started off as a humble person, doing good. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 22. The Bible says, Therefore they inquired of the Lord further, if the man should yet come thither. And the Lord answered, Behold, he hath hid himself among the stuff. Oh, he didn't want it. No, it was like, oh man, I don't care. I can't go out there. I'm not. Come on, this is Saul. 1 Samuel 9, 21. And Saul answered and said, Am not I a Benjamite of the smallest tribes of Israel and my family, the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin? Wherefore then speakest thou so to me? So he started out well. But by the time we get over to 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse number 17, the Bible says this, And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel? And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not, listen, didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord. Get this, get this. Now here's Saul now. Verse 20. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I, I... I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and, 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 and have gone the way which the Lord sent me and, and, and have brought back, have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. He goes on. But the people, they took the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. No, here's what Saul said at that point. He said, I-, I did everything I was supposed to do, but these people I'm running with. I, I don't know what their problem was. So Saul had placed himself, he places himself above anything else, anyone else. He hasn't done, listen to me please, he has not done anything wrong. All the wrong was done by others, and that which may, listen, and that which may be considered as wrong, that might have been done by him, is different than it is with anyone else. What do you mean, preacher? Well, he's made his own standard. And his own rules for operation. Everyone else is expected to follow the book. But Saul can call his own shots. I mean, he's never wrong. He can just do whatever he wants to do. But I'm here to tell you tonight, that's pride at its fullest. Pride always corrects everyone else. 
what happens is that people... Mm, it, it, we get to a place where we set up a self-government. We call the shots. We make the decisions. It's this attitude. I will do what I want to do and nobody's going to change my mind. I'm going to call the shots. I will determine what is right and what is wrong for me. I'll obey God when it's convenient. And I will do what I want to do and no one can make me do anything different. And if you think different from me, then you're just an idiot. Come on, that's the spirit of pride. Absolutely so. It's called P-R-I-D-E. It's self-government. It's self-rule. It's never good. Pride makes people... I'm going to go ahead and say it. Pride makes people do some stupid things. Truly. Pride will cause you to think that you're above everyone else. You're above humbling yourself and doing the right thing. You're above living a life of obedience to God. Pride will cause you to think you can miss service, church services, and not be any worse for it just because of who you are. It'll make you believe that you can skip reading your Bible and it's not going to hurt you one bit. Pride will make you think that you can live independent from God. Pride will cause you to think that you can live on a different standard because of who you are, no matter what the Word of God says. I can do it my own way. Let's think about that in a church setting then. Let's think about the choir. The choir's purpose is to set the standard for the congregation and worship music. Of course, to lift up the Lord. And the choir director says, here are the standards. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to operate. Here's the, how things are going to be. We'll do this and we'll do this and we'll do this so that we can be the best choir uh, that we can be for the glory of the, for the, glory of the Lord. And a, a good group of the choir is going to fall right in and do their very best. And it seems like there's always that percent that says, well, I'll be in the choir when I want to be in the choir. And when I don't want to show up, I won't show up. And if others miss choir practice, they shouldn't sing in the choir. But if I miss choir practice, well, that's different. Because I'm fully equipped without sitting in practice. I mean, because of who I am, I can choose to do what I want to do. P-R-I-D-E. That ain't nothing but pride. It's wicked as can be. Absolutely so. Or let's think about Sunday school teachers. Our Sunday school director says, if you're going to be a teacher in this church, here are the requirements for doing that. And most of the teachers are going to fall in, do their very best to meet those requirements. I mean, they're in their class on time, and they start their class on time, and they're fully prepared, I mean, to teach their class every Sunday. They've studied uh, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and even Saturday. They prayed over their class. I mean, they prepared themselves. They prepared their lesson. Man, they're ready to go. They're concerned about their class. They pray for their class. They do their best to make it grow for the glory of God. They follow the set standard that's there. No problem whatsoever. And then there may be those who just live by a different set of requirements, their own requirements, how they want to do things. Look, I know that's the way you say it needs to be, but I can work it my way and it's going to be just as good. Come on, I'll be on time if it doesn't inconvenience me too much. I figure if I and I figure if I look over my lesson Sunday morning, I mean, before I head to church while I'm having my coffee, it's going to be fine. It always is. It's just fine. 
P-R-I-D-E. That is nothing but pride. Absolutely so. Uh, okay, uh, then let's just go to general membership then. We'll just cover the whole group. How about that? A big percentage of a church family arrange their life so they can be present at every service. They're going to be there unless they're providentially hindered. They'll come, they'll bring their tithes and offerings, they'll be on time, they'll be in their place for every service. We can count on them. If something's not just right in the church or in the church building or something, you know, the, the heat and air is not, not just right, they're not going to make big waves because of it. They're not going to cause a big stir because of it. You know, I mean, they're not going to make an issue because they come to be a blessing to others and, and to serve God and to worship God. That's why they're here. And there may be others who say, eh, we'll just be the kind of church member we want to be. I pretty much got this church member thing down anyway. And, and look, preacher, we'll give what we think is right to give for us. I mean, you know, we look at our budget, we figure things out, and we, you know, we're going to give, we'll give some, we'll give some, but, you know, we're going to give what we think is right for us. And we'll come, let me tell you, we'll come when we want to come. And we'll go out of town when we want to go out of town. You know, others may think they need to be here and serve all the time, but we have more important things to do than that. I mean, you know, come on, preacher, you just don't understand our lives. I mean, and we'll be on time if we feel like it, but nobody's going to make us do any different. We'll do what we want to do when we want to do it. Well, I'm here to tell you that ain't nothing but pride. P-R-I-D-E, that's all that it is. To think that we can operate on our own standard and it's just fine when there are people that are faithfully serving the Lord the way that they should be serving the Lord. I'm telling you, for for us to have an attitude other than that, it's nothing but pride. It's nothing but pride. We can operate on our own standard. We can do the things that we want to do, no matter how things are run around here. But we can have victory over pride. But we have to maintain a constant watch on our spiritual life, don't we? No, on our spiritual life. Are you, listening? Are you still listening to me? We have to maintain a constant watch on our spiritual life. A constant involvement in the Word of God. Come on, Samuel told, told Saul, when thou wast little in thine own sight. When you didn't think that you, when you didn't think that you were bigger than life. When you were letting God call the shots in your life and didn't take his place on the throne, you were doing just fine. Victory over pride, it, 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 it can only be accomplished when we have a change of attitude about self. When Saul was little in his own sight, he had no problem with pride. And then he began to believe what others were saying about him. And it destroyed him. Someone told me years ago, compliments and criticism should be handled the same way. Just let it roll off your back. Absolutely so. The devil wants us to get to thinking that we're something special. That we're different and we just, we just live on a, 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 different, a different plane. God has a way of keeping us humble if we'll allow him to do so. <laughs> I may have told this story before. 
years ago when I was still traveling full-time, I was preaching a meeting, a, a revival meeting in Wichita, Kansas. One night of the meeting, we just had one of those times where God showed up. You know what I'm talking about? Come on, I mean, I, I preached what God wanted me to preach, but I'm telling you, invitation time, it was like the whole congregation was at the altar and tears were happening, broken, people getting right with one another, people getting right with God. I couldn't take any credit for that. It's just something that God did. It's just one of those special services that went on and on and on. God, I mean, God just met with us. Very thankful that there are still times like that, that God meets with us. And so the service is finally over. I'm standing at the back door. People are leaving, shaking my hand. They're saying stuff like, oh, that's, I don't know if I've ever heard a sermon that good. Oh, man, I'm telling you, boy, that was just something else, Brother Marshall. Oh, boy, I'm telling you, that was so powerful. Oh, you did such a good job of preaching that message. Oh, you're such a this and that and all these things. And pretty soon, I see people coming by saying all this stuff. And pretty soon, the devil's sitting on my shoulder going, you're really something. You know what? And so I'm shaking people's hands, you know, and it's like, yeah, yeah. And so there's this, 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 this elderly lady's coming up. She's got a walker and, and she's not able to move real quick and she's moving and, and she's coming and, and I'm just waiting for her and she's coming and I'm waiting and she gets up close to me and she sticks out her hand and I stick out my hand. I'm waiting for her to say something flowery too. And she looks up at me and she said, young man, you have the straightest part in your hair that I have ever seen. That's back when I could see Claire to part my hair. And when she said that, just like that, God spoke to my heart and said, yeah, that's about what all that other stuff is worth too. What all that other stuff people said, that's about what that's worth too. God has a way to humble us if we'll listen to Him. If we're open to it. Come on, if we're open to change. Come on, as long as we don't have a attitude, I don't need to change. I'll do what I want to do. I can't believe. I can't, I can't believe that. You know, I'm, I'm just fine. I can't believe it. But what we have to do is we have to confess that pride is sin. Uh, <clears throat> because pride is sin. It got the devil kicked out of heaven. It's sin. Proverbs 28, 13 says, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsake them shall have mercy. So what we have to do, we have to determine, are you still with me here? We have to determine to change from a carnal life to a spiritual life. Because pride is built on carnality. Come on, pride is all about the outward. It's not about the inward, it's all about the outward. What we can accomplish, it's a self-love. And so what we have to determine to do is get as close to God as we possibly can. He has the ability to show you the real you. But, but to do that, you're going to have to submit to the Lord's authority. To the Lord's authority. I'm going to say it a third time. To the Lord's authority. Because it's all about this. Come on, this is our final authority. And we have to submit to His authority. What does He want me to do? 1 Peter 5, 5 says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you subject one to another, uh, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace unto the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Excuse me. It, it says, yea, all of you be subject one to another. It takes a work of humility to do that. 
Come on, I'm right, I'm right it done, but I want you to get this. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. It takes a work of humility to do that. Because when we begin to do that, then we realize that we're, well, let me say it this way. Um, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Think of the other person. Quit thinking about you. Well, I tell you, when we get so... No, 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 listen to me, please. When, when we get so focused on self, we hurt other people. We hurt those around us, and we are not any good for God when it's all about us. Uh-uh. Think of the other person. In fact, just place yourself last. Oh, I know this goes against, I know this goes against what society, I know this goes against even some of the self-help churches that are out there that want to build us up. Now let me stop here for just a second. For just, I'm, I'm right at the end, but let me stop here for just a second. I'm thankful I'm a child of the King. No, no, I'm thankful I've been saved by His grace. I am so thankful that I have a home reserved for me in heaven. I am thankful that I'm not the person that I used to be when God saved my soul. And He's made a lot of wonderful changes in my life, glory to God. Everything that I am that's good, I mean, He gets the glory for all of that. And I'm very thankful. No, no, I'm very thankful that I can stand up and say, He is my heavenly Father. Absolutely so. And I'm not saying that we need to walk around with some whip and whipping ourselves. Oh, I'm so bad. I'm so terrible. I'm I mean, that can be a source of pride also. I'm a child of the king. I don't have to walk around with my head hung down. I just have to make sure that I'm not thinking better of myself than I should. Because everything good in me is because of God. And we are to prefer others. Put yourself last. Give somebody else the best seat in the house. Give someone else the benefit of the doubt. If somebody wrongs you, don't try to crucify them. Love them and forgive them. Seems like Jesus talks about that somewhere. It seems like you hear this response a lot. Well, how are you doing? Better than I deserve. Can I just go ahead and say, no matter how you're doing, that's the truth? It's better than you deserve. An assistant pastor told me in the very first... Baptist church that we ever belonged to, he said, he said, a good acronym to remember is joy. You want to have joy? Remember joy. Jesus, others, and you. Always keep yourself last. Jesus first. 
and prefer others before you prefer yourself. And you can live a good Christian life. Pride will defeat you. No, when you get to thinking that you're above everything and you can live, no, no, you can live any way you want to and still have that good fellowship and relationship with God. And boy, all these people, they have to think I preach or think I need to read my Bible every day to be a good Christian, but I'm doing just fine, good grief, I am fine. No, it's pride that has you thinking like that. No, I won't mind, I'd say it again. It's pride that has you thinking like that. It's just pride that has you thinking like that. Because the standard that I preach about reading your Bible and praying and all those things is not my standard, it's God's standard. It's God's standard. This isn't all about Bill Marshall. I've said that I don't know how many times over the years. It's not all about Bill Marshall. It's all about him. And if we want to be the Christian that really, no, 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 that God would have us to be and really that we desire to be, we're at that place, mm, that place where we can really enjoy our Christianity. Are you listening to me? Where we can really enjoy our Christianity, where we can enjoy it. I mean, truly enjoy it. It's going to take being close to Him. And I'm telling you, we cannot be close to Him and be full of pride at the same time. It doesn't work. Because the closer we get to Him, the more that we realize we need Him. It it used to make my mama so mad. It'd make her so mad. You know how moms are. Oh, son, you're such a wonderful boy. You're such a fine young man. You're doing so well. No, mom, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just a sinner. Don't you call yourself that. (laughs) It'd make mama mad. But you know what I am? I'm a sinner saved by grace. And as long as I keep that first and foremost in my thoughts and uh, realize that without Him I'm nothing, and the closer I get to Him, the more of a sinner I realize I am, the more He can do in my life. Again, I'm not talking about beating ourselves up all the time. It's just remembering where you came from. Remembering what He's done in your life. And putting Him first in everything you do. And then putting others before yourself. That'll bring you to a life of servitude. And that will bring you to a life of gratitude. Because of those things that uh, God, only God, has done, could do. In your life. The way up is down. I would be willing to say that there's not a person in here or listening to my voice that doesn't need some help with pride. All of us. We did a little self-inspection tonight. Hopefully you did as we went along. Don't let pride keep you from being who God wants you to be. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Maybe you even need to do it down here at these altars tonight. Don't become blinded. Make sure you're letting God have His way in your heart and life. Let's all stand. Stand with me, will you? Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word. 
Thank you for the light that it shines in our soul. Thank you for the light that it shines on us. And thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who tries to help us. He tries to help us to be what we should be for you. Thankful, I'm so thankful that you're good to search us. And we want you to search us and know our heart. And to see if there's any wicked way in us. Lord, that we might repent of that and be everything that you would have us to be. Help us not to think too highly of ourselves. Help us to prefer one another. Help us to be subject to one another. Help us to always remember without you we're nothing. Father, bless the time of invitation. I pray that folks would respond to you the way that you'd have them to do. And Lord, I know they'll be the better for it if they will. Please bless these next few minutes, we pray, and ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Piano's going to play. Some have already come to the altar. You need to come tonight. Maybe you need to make an altar right where you are. No, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Let Him lift you up. What is it in your life that needs gone? What type of spirit, what type of attitude needs to be handled? You need to come? Do you need to talk to God? Do you need His help overcoming these things? No, no need to wait. Well, preacher, if I go down there, people think I'm a sinner. You are a sinner. And we can only get help from our Heavenly Father. As we yield ourselves and humble ourselves and confess our sins. You just let Him have His way. Would you do that tonight? Whatever He wants.